0: There's an amazing scene in Sarah Marcus's book, Girls to the Front, that I'd love to share with you. It's the day after Heavens to Betsy had performed a mind-blowing first gig, and the band members are at a picnic. Ian MacKay of Fugazi runs up to them to shake their hands and tell them how great it was. Now I understand that at the height of Riot Girl, endorsement from a boy-fronted band, even one with Fugazi's credentials, should not be so important, but I adore this image. A picnic is such an un-rock-and-roll setting, and in 1991, most alternative bands would melt at such praise so early in their career. And of course, Corinne Tucker of Heavens to Betsy would go on to found the subject of today's episode, Slater Kinney. But we're already five albums into their discography, so if you missed the last episode, I strongly recommend that you go back and start your journey there. And it is a journey. That's what we do at Temporary Fandoms. We take guided tours through complete discographies with a handful of fans and experts on hand to make sure you don't miss anything along the way. You can find this and all our past episodes at tempfans.com and all the other places that podcasts like to hang out. In our show notes, you can find a link to a special Spotify playlist edition of the show. Nope, still no sponsorship deal. We should probably get back to it, eh? So brace yourself for the earth-shattering final installment of our journey through the albums of Slater Kinney.
1: Hello there, welcome to Temporary Fandoms. Um, This is episode two of Slater Kinney. If this is your first one of the season, stop. I mean, I'm not supposed to give you a call to action to stop the podcast, but stop the podcast because the previous one uh, was amazing. Uh, we had all of today's guests plus the phenomenal uh, Sarah Marcus, who wrote the book, um, the book about the Riot Girl Movement. Um, rejoining, well, me and Nick. What hello? Nick, yeah, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> me joining myself and Nick today. Um, are, well, Sheree. Hi Sheree. Hello again. Uh, I'm not doing big intros because they're in the last episode. Um, Fliss. Hello. And Ben. Hi, good to be back. Uh, Yeah, it was 10 minutes ago. Um, (laughs) Ben, um, which albums are we talking about today? Okay, so this is part two. So we're going to have uh, five albums starting with uh, one beat from 2002. And we'll actually hear Cherie giving the uh, introduction for that one. Um, That's followed by The Woods from 2005, and Fliss will be introducing that. Um, Then we have a bit of a break from 2005 to 2015 when they come back after their hiatus with No Cities to Love, Cherie again introducing that. Um, And then we have the two most recent ones, which I'll be talking about, The Center Won't Hold from 2019 and their latest one from this year, Path of Wellness. Thank you very much. Um, For those listening who think, oh, God, temporary fandoms, what, there's a new album out, so they decide to do a podcast. We planned this months ago. We were all signed up to do this, and then suddenly, oh, there's a new album. Oh, brilliant. And then, oh, they've done their own Audible podcast about their career. Don't don't listen to that. Do not listen to that. Second time that's happened to us now, all right? (laughs) Paul and Steve Henley doing One on the Fall right after us. Oh, yeah. yeah. At least we got him on. Like, two weeks before he went to do his own thing. He's obviously trying to find out how it's done.
2: He was influenced by you guys, definitely.
1: I'd like to to think that. (laughs) It's not true, but thank you. Um, Anyway, we are going to get cracking. um, And the next voice you hear is going to be Shree after this.
2: When describing the sound of One Beat to The Washington Post, Brownstein said, I think of Dig Me Out and The Hot Rock as the two ends of the spectrum, and it's kind of been combined on this record. And then we also pushed ourselves beyond that. The follow-up to their acclaimed All Hands on the Bad One, One Beat is Slater Kinney's sixth studio album, and it does indeed push further than their other records to date, with some of their weightiest and most explicitly political tracks. Speaking to the Broadwood Palm Beach New Times, they explained how they wanted the record to be the voice in the silence following the terrorist attacks in the US on september eleventh, two thousand and one. But while the lyrics and subject matter might have pushed them towards their most polemic, they stayed in the safe hands of longtime collaborator John Gibbonson when it came to recording, this time at Jackpot studio in Portland, Oregon. Standout number far away, questions the all or nothing patriotism sweeping the US, explicitly referencing the terrorist attacks and contains criticism of American president, at the time, George W. Bush, as Tucker Belts about the president hiding while working men rush in and give their lives. She explained to the Stanford Daily that it wasn't really a conscious decision to write about the attacks but there was just such an overwhelming presence in our minds as we were really trying to write the songs that we felt we really needed to deal with it and that we really needed to write about it. But it isn't all hefty war odes. There are There's glam greatness in bouncy organ-led love anthem O oh, and one of my particular faves and Hollywood ending throws out a dizzying dance around the concept of celebrity and the mainstream female body image. A lot of the tracks are also heavily influenced by the band members' own inward-facing battles. Tucker had recently given birth to her son, who was born nine weeks premature. As she shared with Rolling Stone, Marshall is all over one beat. The last year was definitely a difficult time for me, as he was in the hospital for a while. It was the hardest thing that I've ever lived through, that fear and anxiety, and I think I was able to let go into the music sympathy then is a prayer for the life of tucker's premature born child as she belts there is no righteousness in your darkest moment we're all equal in the face of what we're most afraid i loved a particularly cutting review in enemy where uh, victoria siegel stated that few bands could explore motherhood and terrorism without making you want to shoot them but corin tucker's electric shock voice and the adrenaline fueled guitars make them essential pop topics one beat them one blistering record and one mighty band.